Read books with sticky sweet romance and with men who jump into your pants. Welcome to Romance That with Alice and Matt. As a real-life couple, we have fun with reading and reviewing romance books. Join us as we get into the mood for, for books, books, that is. Welcome, listeners. Yes, welcome. Welcome, listeners. Uh, welcome to <laughs> Romance That. With Alice and Matt. And we're back with another book. With another book. And before we start, I just want to say, with the recording of this podcast, the country is going through a tough time right now. And a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around what was happening. So whenever you hear this, I don't have the words to comfort people or the words to change things. I just want to acknowledge that we're having a hard time. And I hope that maybe by the time whoever you are listening to this hears it, we've got our act together and are doing better. And that's my little prayer for the world. Yeah. Get your act together, world. (laughs) Get your act together. That's our prayer. So our book. So our book was Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Yes. Doesn't that sound fun already? By Talia Hibbert. Yes. What should we say about this? Well, I was searching around for books to read, and I really wanted to find a book that I could relate to, and I got this one. I saw the description, and I was like, yes, this is what I want to read because this is this is the closest thing to my life I've ever found in the romance world. Right. Because I love looking at people through my window and stalking them as they stand and paint half-dressed. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought you were going to say something figurative about your window, like your the lens. <laughs> you look through things through a certain figurative lens, but you meant literally. Well, that's what she does in the book. I, that's the part. I don't necessarily at all relate to that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hey, it's on the back cover. Our female does a bad thing. She's naughty. She's naughty. So, A Get a Life, Chloe Brown, The Brown Sisters, Book One. A yes, novel, The Brown three sisters. sisters. Yes, there's three sisters. They're all very unique people. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into this book. Back cover. What do we know right away? Oh, right away, according to the description. Chloe Brown is a chronically ill computer geek with a goal, a plan, and a list. After almost, but not quite, dying, she's come up with seven directives to help her, quote-unquote, get a life. And she's already completed the first, finally moving out of her glamorous family's mansion. The next items? Enjoy a drunken night out. Ooh. Ride a motorcycle. Ride a motorcycle. Go camping. Hmm. That's exciting. Have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex. Well, it is a romance novel. Travel the world with nothing but hand luggage. I've done that. And. All over the world. (laughs) And do something bad. Do something bad. You had me at do something bad. (laughs) You had me at a list. (laughs) So. The book continues to say, but it's not easy being bad, even when you've written step-by-step guidelines on how to do it correctly. What Chloe needs is a teacher, and she knows just the man for the job. I'm hot for teacher. So let's stop a minute and talk about (laughs) Chloe. Yeah. I love Chloe. I relate to Chloe. She's totally different than me in many respects. She's a different race than I am. She's a different um, socioeconomic status than I am. Uh, She's a different... She's from a different country than I am. I'm pretty sure Talia Hibbert is English, too. Or 
British, but she has a chronic illness and I have a chronic illness and and I just completely finally found a book where someone was like me. There's a lot of things that inhibit you when you have a chronic illness and then you can't do things that you want to do and you feel like you don't have a life. And that's 100% true. I didn't think that we were ever going to find this kind of story in romance books. Yes. Right? Yeah. My sister, the pastor who got me into romance novels, read another book with the exact kind of chronic illness that I have. But the problem is, is that it was always a plot device to drive the plot. Like she'd always faint into Mm. her hopeful lover's arms, which is kind of dumb. Yeah. I don't think that ever happened in this book. No, it didn't. Which I was so happy about. This is just who she is. Yes. And who she is. It's not used as a way to elicit certain feelings out of people. It's just that this is our romance heroine and this is her life. Yeah, yeah. I I think of this point a lot of just the character exists with all these traits. But that's not to say that uh, Chloe's chronic illness isn't a significant part of the book. You hear about it. It's just that her day-to-day life, when you read about a person's day-to-day life or her setting up and getting ready to go out for a night or to do whatever it is that she's doing involves the fact that she's chronically ill. Being dangerously close to over-explaining our character's condition, why don't you explain why you feel related to this character? Because I read so many books that don't have people like me in it. And I'm sure so many people can relate to this, you know, from all different walks of life. It's so refreshing to actually have a character who has the same challenges that I have without them being a plot device. Now, it's important to note I don't have the same exact chronic illness as Chloe Brown does, but it's similar enough. She has a stool next to her stove, just like I have. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very refreshing to see uh, illness, you know, illnesses and disabilities shown this kind of illness and disabilities. There's other illnesses and disabilities. But most of the time when someone has a disability, they're paralyzed and the entire plot of the book is them trying to convince people to just kill them because they're tired of being a burden. It happens in TV, it happens in books. It's not most of the time, but it happens often enough that it drives me furiously crazy because just because someone has a disability and it's difficult doesn't mean their life doesn't have value. And their life doesn't have to have value to anybody but themselves. You know, other people may look at them and think they don't have value, but they do. And it's just infuriating that there's books and movies out there that say, oh, well, you know, what's best in this situation is if someone were to just kill me and get it over with because I don't want to be a burden. I hate it. I hate it so much. Well said. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell that I feel feel passionate, feel about, passionate this. about this. But this is a romance novel. It's not about how her life is ruined and horrible. She was bored and her life was stagnant. Right. But she had the abilities and the support system uh, to be able to overcome a lot of it. Now, there are other people that are in the same situation as her without the amount of money that she has that have much more difficult time. They also have valuable lives. <laughs> And so the more we read about people with disabilities in a book, with chronic illnesses in a book, just like any other person who's underwritten about, 
the more we see, oh, they're real human beings with value and they matter. Yes, I agree. (laughs) And that's my soapbox. (laughs) So Chloe is a character. She's in her late 20s. She's in her late 20s. She's She's a minority. Yep. She's intelligent. She has her own business of a web designer. She understands social media. She's stylish. Her family is smart and stylish. Right. And we have something, we have someone that's possibly, you know, relatable to a lot of people on many levels. Now, on the other hand, the male love interest in this. Red. Redford Red Morgan is a handyman with tattoos. Wait, I'm not making this up. I'm reading it, by the way. (laughs) This isn't my opinion. Redford Morgan is a handyman with tattoos, a motorcycle, and more sex appeal than 10,000 Hollywood heartthrobs. A motorcycle? Isn't that on Chloe's list? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) He's also an artist who (gasps) paints at night. Oh my God, can he get any better? And hides his work in the light of day. Don't look at my beauty. Which Chloe knows because she spies on him occasionally. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Just the teeniest, tiniest bit. (laughs) So Chloe is a perv. (laughs) Yes. We learned that the very get-go. So we kind of have a a little bit of this, I'm not going to say, it's kind of a role reversal. It is a role reversal because usually it's some vampire sitting in someone's corner. It's Lon Chaney in The Wolfman (laughs) spying on some woman all the way across town and then going and trying to pick up on her. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because that works in real life. I know. That's not a crime or anything. Anyway, so we have this kind of shameful secret yes. that Chloe has on yep. her crush. Now, they can't stand each other. Of first. course not. Of course not. Because cause Redford, or Red, has <clears throat> a history that prejudices him against wealthy people who look good and... Yes, Red... Have a certain accent. In case you couldn't guess, listeners, Red has a secret pain. He does have a secret pain. He does have a secret pain. <laughs> so so let's talk about Red. But so, the thing is, is it's not actually funny. Or not. <clears throat> no, I'm happy to talk about Red, but it's okay. not actually funny. Like, Red does have a secret pain. And it's, you know, this is written in modern times, and so it's much more easy for me to not just brush it aside as a secret pain. It actually is something that happens to, to people. And yes. it is very painful. Yes. And it, it does make you have a dislike for someone if they remind you of it. So, okay. So Red <clears throat> is tall, light, and handsome, right? He's fair-skinned. He's very he fair-skinned. red hair. He has red hair and, and he's a he painter. needs to slather on that sunscreen regularly, I'm sure. He's a painter. He is a painter. He's also in his late 20s, I think. And he had an art career. Yes, that got ruined. That got ruined because, we'll just say this, it got ruined because of his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Right? An, an ex-girlfriend that we all hate. There's a whole side plot, a very minor there side is. plot about a, a lost and found cat. I know, isn't it great? I love cats. I know, right? I like all pets. <laughs> it could have Even been snakes? A cute... Yeah, if kid snakes are cute. You can boop them on the nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to go anywhere with the snake booping. <laughs> don't you remember when I wanted to buy when I was a little kid? I told you about how I really wanted that tarantula. And I'd go to the pet store every week and look at the tarantula and beg my dad to get it for me. And then one day it was gone. No. And no one ever gave me a tarantula. I don't want one anymore. They're scary. 
<laughs> no one ever gave you a tarantula. Now, we've been that's ma- my secret pain. We've been together for twenty years. <laughs> we've been friends for twenty two. I have to tell you, that's never <laughs> something I thought would come out of your mouth. I know because spiders are scary, right? <laughs> no one ever gave me a tarantula. She said. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I don't know why I'm apologizing. You don't have to apologize for anything. <laughs> I have to apologize because Christmas just happened and I didn't get you a tarantula. No, what the heck? <laughs> Here's my longing pet story. Uh, I got a hamster. Yes. And then... Uh, didn't it, it die? Well, yeah, hamsters all die. I mean, pretty quickly. Their pocket pets all die. Yes. They all die of cancer. That's what a vet told me. Oh, unless so uh, unless another pet kills it. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I know hamster cancer. Oh man. Anyway, uh, we're off track a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> anyway, there's a side story with the cat. And side the cat story with lady, the cat and the, the cat woman owner. that owned the cat. She doesn't technically own it, actually. Well, the point is, the cat had to be returned. We tried really hard not to dislike this other character, but the author didn't let it happen. So. Yes. I don't know if she's setting up yet another character in this universe that we can spin off of. It could because I haven't read any of the other books. And if somebody knows, feel free to send us an email. I'm happy to have. Send us a tweet. Listeners tell us stuff. Right. (laughs) Inform us of everything we got wrong. I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's rare, though, that listeners would chime in on things. (laughs) So moving right along. Here's back to the book. But when she enlists Red... In her mission to rebel, she learns things about him that no spy session could teach her. Like why he clearly resents Chloe's wealthy background. Mm. And why he never shows his art to anyone. Anyone. And what really lies beneath his rough exterior. I was so happy to read this book. I was really surprised to find out (laughs) that Red is a lovable and sensitive man. Were were you? No. (laughs) I know, he was so gruff, and you thought he was rough around the edges, but the thing is, is that they never are, right? He's He does maintenance, or the maintenance manager for He's, the for the He runs the building. Apartment. The very first thing that happens, and everybody knows, is that Chloe almost dies, and it makes her change her life. She writes this list, and she has to get out of her parents' house, and she moves into the building that Red is... The super. He's the super. He's the superintendent of the building. So, so we've got this set up. This is how they meet. They have a couple of interactions. Interactions. You know, they're they're they literally bump into each other in the building. Right, and then and there's Red the cat has to thing. touch her. Yes. And, oh, such electricity. When but, he, but then there's he the cat thing. There's the contentiousness about That's the cat. The thing. That's the That's where it all turns around. The cats the cat. aren't allowed, but somehow he looks the other way because he had to help her and he realizes there's more to her than just her than just her wealth and then his feelings like then because he's so hot for her that's right he realizes it's okay to be hot for her because she's more she's not like this other person necessarily men can't be trusted with their feelings to follow the rules (laughs) to follow the rules (laughs) the rules were no cats yes right so it's not his feelings in this instance. I mean, it's a feeling. A sex drive is a feeling, right? 
Yeah, there's lots of feelings with sex drives. Yeah, so... It's a bundle of feelings. Yeah, he can't be trusted with his quote-unquote feelings that are <laughs> manifested as hard-ons. What? <laughs> I take offense to this. <laughs> Do you? Somehow. <laughs> I take offense because it's so baldly and obviously true. <laughs> making me look bad. You're making men look bad everywhere. I'm not making men look bad. That's that's true. It's not me doing it. <laughs> I all, just think you guys need to be able to taught to express your feelings more when you're little kids. That's all two all. of our male listeners. <laughs> to you two male listeners, I just wish that parents would talk to boys more about their feelings. That's all. I think it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, well, probably true. So how many hearts do you give this? I'll tell you what I give it. All right, you start with the hearts. This is, okay, listeners, in case... You don't this know is your first now. episode. We rate the book by a, a scale of hearts, you know, one to five. And we have three categories. The overall rating is how much we like the book overall. And then we rate it on the passion part of it. Mm-hmm. Five, you know, one to five Fire. hearts on the passion. And, and then, then on the, the hugs, hugs scale, one to five on how them as a cute couple. as a couple they mm-hmm. work. Um, because that's different than the passion side. So for hearts, I give it a four to a four point five, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, so I that's... loved, I loved the characters. I loved the two characters. I loved the trope of the list, and she needs to find a teacher, and all into that. I love the cat. I can't remember the cat's name. I just think of him it had as two like names. F- f- fluffy. Fluffy Fluffball. He was so fluffy. Well, he had, the cat had two names. Yeah. That's why I can't remember right. it. Anyway, I loved feeling like I'm reading a book that I can relate to for a long... I mean, I read so many books where people just walk around all over the place and do whatever they walk, up and down stairs, across moors, in fields, in parks, and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> so, so Yeah. It's, it's really nice to be able to relate to someone who has to find a couch. Right. They have to find a place to sit down. Yeah. So, this is like our life practically all the time. There were no wheelchairs in this, which I was a little surprised about. Well, you don't need it unless you're standing along. If you have the kind of chronic illnesses that Coley Brown and I have, you don't need it unless you're standing in line a long sure. time or going someplace far. So you liked it because <clears throat> you know your optics of, of this kind of book let you see it in a very relatable way. Right, exactly. Which I think is great. I think it's refreshing, and I'm glad that you gave this book such a high score so you went you went with a half heart you went to 4.5 yeah because i just felt so happy when i read it and Mm. i think it's hard there's some problems that i had with it in terms of just like a number of the books that we've read the same kind of problems with the number of books that we read is that the passionate part the descriptions and things like that didn't work for me and it's not what i it's not how i like to read it and it just didn't work for me but I was so happy when I read the book, and I liked the characters so much, and I liked how value and plot devices were separated so much that I just, you know, when I think about it, I think, yay, it was so great to read. And the only reason it's not a five is because the passion and that part of it, the rom- the romantic feeling fruition aspect of it wasn't really what I wanted. So you feel like Talia Hibbert, our author, kind of hit this on the head with this this perspective. Yeah, for me, there might be other people who have chronic illnesses and are like, I totally can't relate to this because I have to be on welfare. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's 
a whole different way to be disabled that's not at all like Chloe Brown. Yeah. And so they might not relate to it at all, but it might still be nice for them to see somebody who's similar to they are in a book. So what? how many hearts do you give? So how many hearts do I give the book? I'm not going to give this book as many hearts as you did. I know. <laughs> all right. I give this book a three, three hearts. But well, first of all, let's talk about relatability. I just want you to know that I could relate to the character of Red very closely. Could you? Well, because you're so handsome. Well, there's that, <laughs> right? You're an art. You like art? Oh, I like art, but I'm also a painter. If you would just <laughs> remind yourself by looking over your left shoulder, you'll see that oil painting oh, of Garfield, Garfield the cat. <laughs> Garfield the cat. From when you were like 12? Yeah. I painted Garfield the cat, as well as some other malformed wildlife. (laughs) Birds. So I know what this is like. pretty flowers. I know what this is like. Exactly. Uh, But also, you know, I I could appreciate his perspective on how he sees this woman and he sees past all the things that she can't do. So that being said... What keeps me from giving this a higher score is I just really wasn't a fan of how uh, our author was writing in the character voices. I understand that, you know, writing in character voices lets us into how they think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you understand how they think and feel about situations by the language that's used. But I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Well, that's okay. Here's the thing. Like, I like the book. You know, it has a high star rating on Goodreads and Amazon, things like that. And everybody has different feelings. Sometimes you can click with a book and sometimes you just don't. I mean, I didn't click with our first one, if you remember. (gasps) Okay. I know, and you liked that one, right? So, um, you know, our second one had a rape in it, which was a problem. Like, (laughs) it doesn't necessarily have to do with clicking necessarily, but it definitely made you not click with the second one also. So it's just the way it goes. Yeah. Sometimes you can click with a book, sometimes you don't. I clicked very well with this book. Nothing against anything in the book. It just didn't... I guess what I'd like to say is I thought the book was well-written. And you can tell that we really like the characters and the story, but it just wasn't my style overall on yeah. how it was written. Yeah. But I will... Uh, let's move on, though. Let's move on to the the uh, passion, the flames. So the flames for me were three because... Mm. I know, not great. That's the sexy time, folks. That's the sexy times. They weren't as good... For as what I wanted it to be. I mean, there was plenty of passion in the book. They certainly were into each other. But um, my hugs are much higher for that reason. Okay. This is something that's happened plenty of times in a romance book for me. I like almost everything except for the passion part of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a three for me. What about you? Okay. The flames for me on this, I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four. I'm not going to go to me. five, but I'm going to say four. I think one of the things that was refreshing about the the sexuality in this book was that it was plainly stated in her list. Yes, which like, is nice. I want to have meaningless but passionate and thoroughly enjoyable sex yes. with somebody. And that's the that's a very modern take. Instead of being forced into marriage 30 or, 30 or 40 years ago or raped. or Or having it like accidentally happen is accident you know, oh we were drunk we were drunk and it happened right you know and and it wasn't a bad thing but it was just one of these things where you lost control so here yeah. we have a woman who's just like in charge of her sexuality i want to have this happen 
Right. Right. And it's okay. It's not something to be ashamed of or, right. you know, she should be ashamed of spying on him when he's, when he's painting. I think they take care of it okay in the book. That can segue into our next rating, which is the hugs. How you like them as a couple. Yeah. So how many hugs are you going to give them? A five. They're cute. Thought, they're so cute. Don't you think? I did think they were cute. I think they sort of handled, they had friction. There's friction in every romance novel, things that hold them apart from each other. And then they have to resolve that. So Red, his reasons for being upset and causing the friction are completely valid. I think that he went a little overboard at the end. So, but I still give it him five. They're just so cute. I just wanted these guys to get together from get-go. I liked them from day one or page one. Wait, back up. Red went overboard about their reasons for friction. Yeah, remember at the end they had their sort of like, like this isn't going well Well, moment. we can talk about it like. He discovered, well, two things. One is there's the spying on me aspect. But they handled that pretty well. Which went over pretty well. She knew she had to tell him the truth. She knew she she had to tell him the truth. But also, I think, I mean, do you think there's something in it that that men would take that kind of attention differently than women? I don't think so. I think that a man can be preyed upon just as easily and can feel just as upset about it, which is why it was important for her to come clean about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know what I mean? I do. I do. But as we talked about before, her declaration of wanting to have meaningless but thoroughly enjoyable sex on her list kind of comes back to bite them. It ends up being a point of contention in the book. This is what really upsets Right, because she changes it. That upsets Red. He feels used, right? He was legitimately traumatized and he was legitimately upset and reactionary. You know, Red was taking care of himself in the only way that he could in that moment. He wanted to protect himself, and that's okay. Like, if people need to protect themselves, they do. I felt like at the end when they had their their big kerfuffle, mm-hmm. as we'll call it, I feel like they both just threw it away a little too easy. There was this whole thing where they were just like, I'm never going to see you again. I'm never going to see you again. Fine, fine. And right. <laughs> to oversimplify it. Right. <laughs> maybe it's because you and I have been together so long. It just doesn't seem... It just seems like, come on, guys. But the thing is, people do do that. And it's people just because do we it. aren't... Just because we never yeah. did that. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't mean other people. Yeah. It's because we're too needy. We can't just put our foot down. <laughs> Who's... What? We're needy? Yeah, we're needy and codependent. That's our well, problem. <laughs> we... That's right. <laughs> we are codependent and needy on each other. You're welcome. You're welcome. For me, I think what made that end confrontation seem a little... Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I've, it's been in there for like an hour. I couldn't, couldn't suppress it anymore. And that's why I love you. So, but how many hugs do you give it? All right. So I felt like this couple was cute. I felt like they exemplified a lot of positive things. And so I'm going to give them, uh, I'm going to give them a five. Why not? Yeah. Right. They're cute. Uh, They they have a lot of things going for them in a literal and a figurative way. It helps that they're both hot and sexy for for them to be going for each other. (laughs) Everything helps when you're hot and sexy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So... They have a lot of things going for them. I think as a cute couple, I think they they worked well on the page. What was your favorite part of the book? 
My favorite part of the book. Uh, I like the motorcycle ride. I also like the part where, like, he comes over to her apartment for their first business meeting so she can design yeah. the website. Yeah. And he's a little bit of a Luddite. He, yeah. He's not good with social media. He's not good at any of these things. <laughs> he's an artist. He doesn't understand why he'd have to be on Instagram. Yeah. You know. Well, he also had a reason for not liking Instagram, too. Of course. Yeah, yeah. he had all these reasons. Part of his secret pain. Part of his secret pain. <laughs> I feel bad making fun of Red for having a secret pain. They're not real people. It's true, but there are real people who have that pain. I know. After I painted Garfield, I could never paint again. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, the motorcycle ride was just pure and joyous and happy. I will say that I I have to say it's I don't think that either the characters didn't know what s'mores were or the author doesn't know what s'mores are. Yeah, because the s'mores they, were a little confusing. They went camping and they freely admitted that they didn't really know what s'mores are. And I'll tell you that s'mores are not a marshmallow on a stick. Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's one third of a s'more. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. These people live in Britain, right? In the city. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't I, know. I understand. There's a cultural we disconnect. Grew up in the woods. <laughs> they see. They they freely talk that they see it in American movies exactly. about summer camp or whatever. Right. You know, I don't celebrate Boxing Day. I know. I don't even know what to do. I think you play games on Boxing Day. I don't know what a crumpet is. So um, my favorite part of the book, I've already said, was the general characterization of Chloe being somebody that I very much relate to because she has this chronic illness slash disability. I loved just their little adventures that they go on. Crossing things off the list is fun. And and I liked it the first time also when he came over to our house. They had their little cat ex- escapade. And then it created this reason for him going over to our house for the first time and getting to know you. And it's always fun when you sort of like have these people who are hot for each other but they don't like each other because there's stuff holding them back and then they go and see something for the first time that changes their mind. Yeah. Right? It's always fun. So, Talia Hibbert, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Alice definitely recommends it. Matt it did not click with it as well, but that's what happens. As we've said throughout this podcast, sometimes something works for people and sometimes it doesn't and it depends on who you are and the kinds of things that you like. Go ahead and try this book out. Why not? Yeah. And until then, if you sad, feeling blue, you want to get a little pick-me-up, stick some romance in that. With Alice and Matt. So long. Bye-bye.